This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, November 8th. I'm Julia Caulfield. And I'm Gavin McGough. In today's headlines, Telluride elects Newtown Council, mayor race too close to call. Voters show mixed support for local tax measures. Rico to join Telluride School District. And a mountain weather forecast. The race for Telluride mayor is still too close to call. Only seven votes stand between Teddy Erico and Mian Fee, with 491 votes and 484 votes, respectively. According to San Miguel County Clerk Stephanie Van Dam, there are still 18 outstanding ballots in Precinct 1, that's the town of Telluride, that have been rejected due to signature discrepancies. Those voters have the opportunity to cure that discrepancy by Wednesday, November 15th. Um, And then on Thursday, November 16th, we'll go ahead and scan the rest of those ballots. 18 votes are enough to sway the race in either direction, meaning the outcome of the race for mayor will remain a mystery until next Thursday, November 16th. But Mianfee notes the election is a good reminder of how important each voice is. Ultimately, you know, my my sort of huge takeaway from all of this is, you know, once again, this just reiterates how incredibly important each and every person's vote is. And I think in this country and even in our community, sometimes we forget. And I think this is, again, another example of why in small rural communities it is so important to participate in this process. Teddy Erico shares the sentiment. It's proof to everyone that we live in such a small community that voting really matters. So hopefully everyone got a chance to be heard. And uh, if they didn't, it's a shame because it might affect the results. But for now, it, it is what it is, although I hate that saying. Um, and uh, the good news is, is Telluride will be in a good spot whether I come out victorious or me and does. Van Dam says there will likely not be a mandatory recount for the race for mayor. Colorado requires a recount if a race is within 0.5 percent. Currently, the race has a difference of 0.63 percent. The numbers themselves, the totals are so close that it seems like something that, oh, (laughs) that's way too close, you know. Um, But um, state statute sets it at 0.5 percent. So that would be a mandatory recount. But the candidates also have an opportunity to request a recount if they like. And so we'll see what they decide once we have those final numbers. If a candidate requests a recount, it would take place after the county audit of the election, which takes place at the end of the month. In the race for Telluride Town Council, votes were also close, but Ashley Story came in as the top vote-getter with just under 22% of the vote. Ellen Eleven came in second with just over 21% of the vote. Both Story and Levin will join Telluride Town Council, filling the seats left vacant by Lars Carlson and Adrian Christie. Story says she's honored to be trusted to help make decisions for the community. I know that I have, you know, a, a, a voice in the community. It's very different to have a seat at the table and to be able to have an actual vote when you're when decisions are being made. And I think that that's really meaningful. And I'm I'm excited to be able to have that seat and really, really humbled and honored Um, that that's something that the the community has has given me, ultimately. Story points to issues surrounding infrastructure, the gondola, and the wastewater treatment plant as key topics moving forward, and of course, housing. 
but she notes the conversation needs to happen holistically. When we are talking about housing and what we're going to do with that, we can't just look at it as just a bedroom, as the bedroom that exists kind of in a vacuum or on an island. We have to look at how that interacts with our community, how that interacts with the person that's going to be living there and what kind of resources that person is going to need um, and making sure that what we're working on and what our plan is that maybe is not something that, you know, we're going to do it in the next four years, but in 20 years from now, setting it up so that we have a really strong plan and a really strong vision about what we're going to do, how all of these things work together. Levin highlights finding different ways to support working families as a priority. I would really love to address um, like subsidized childcare. I think that's like a really important social need that we have that sort of alleviates some of the other bottlenecks that we have, like workforce. Um, you know, if we can make it so that it's easier for parents of young children to go to work, that helps with our employee problem. And I also think, you know, it it feels like there's a place for our government to really alleviate this thing that pretty much anyone who's um, a parent says is hard in this town. I don't think anyone has an easy time with childcare here. She also notes work with sustainability and justice, equity, diversity and inclusion as important. She adds she's honored to have members of the community stand behind her vision for Telluride. I never wanted to do this for my own, like, personal reasons. It was more because I wanted to serve the town and to just be a representative for people. And I think it's just really reassuring that the voters um, support my ideas and think that I represent them because that's that's really the important thing. And so it's, it's so validating to know that people really heard what I said and agreed with it and felt like they saw a little bit of themselves in that. Lise Betton earned the third highest votes on election night. She could join town council depending on the outcome for the mayoral race. The newly elected town council members will join council members Jesse Ray Arguez, Dan Enright, and Geneva Shawnette to complete town council. Mian Fee will remain on council either as a council member or as mayor. The newly elected members will be sworn in at Telluride's November 28th meeting. Daniel Zemke was the hands-down winner of his uncontested race for Telluride Town Meeting Moderator. Telluride's two ballot measures also passed handily. Ballot measure 2A allows the town to retain excess revenue from the town's lodger's tax. Measure 2B amends Telluride's home rule charter to define a qualified elector in local elections as someone who has lived in Colorado for 22 days immediately prior to the election. San Miguel County saw a sizable turnout for Tuesday's election, with just over 6,000 voters in the county, roughly 3,300 ballots were cast for a voter turnout of 53.6%. In addition to selecting candidates in local board races, voters this cycle faced multiple proposed property tax increases in the form of mill levies. Both the Telluride School District and the Hospital District saw a successful passage of those increases. But in the Norwood School District, voters opted to decline an increase in funding, which would have gone towards a new school facility. Beginning in the Telluride R1 School District, voters were eager to open their pockets, or at least the pockets of the district's property owners who will end up paying the new tax. 
appearing on the ballot as question 4A. The district asked to raise roughly $3.8 million annually in order to borrow a $30 million bond for its housing and facility needs. Question 4A received resounding support, with roughly 65% of voters in favor. Telluride School District Board member Dylan Brooks, who is an advocate for 4A, says the school board never takes voter support for granted. I remember very vividly the vote in 2009 when a bond measure failed at the ballot, and a lot of that was tied to economic anxiety and uncertainty, and we're feeling some of that right now here. And I take seriously the fiduciary responsibility of representing all the constituents and making sure that we only ask for what is needed and that uh, we spend the money judiciously. The school district will also be moving quickly. Brooks says the funds from 4A will have an almost immediate impact. We have some new teachers coming in in January filling in housing who we wouldn't have gotten unless they uh, had housing. We will be adding uh, at least seven units in the first half of the year. Uh, we already have contracts. So um, we're hitting the ground running, and uh, it's, it's, it's exciting, and it's a great way to feel like we're moving forward and continuing to improve things. Additional resources will go towards facility upgrades and the completion of a solar installation. Brooks has served on the Telluride School Board and is termed out. He can think of no better way to depart. It is very gratifying after uh, two terms as uh, school board director to feel the support for the schools, feel like we're moving in a positive direction. In the Norwood District, Question 5B asked voters to raise a $10 million bond for an entirely new school facility, which would be repaid over roughly 20 years at a rate of $800,000 a year in district property taxes. The funds would be joined by a roughly $60 million grant from the state of Colorado, which was contingent on 5B's passage. Voters declined the measure by a slim margin, with 360 voters opposed and 313 in favor. Although there are some outstanding ballots in that contest, they are unlikely to swing the result. Facing the measure's failure, Superintendent of Norwood Schools Todd Bittner said he will have to speak with his board before he has any direction on next steps. Bittner thanks all who worked so hard on the measure. And recognizing the significant setback, he says the school community remains dedicated to providing students with a safe facility. Navigating those next steps will be three newly elected board members in Norwood, with Pamela Nicole Bray, Morgan Dane Rummel, and Jacqueline Hardman currently the top three vote-getters in a tight race, with some outstanding ballots remaining. Finally, the Telluride Hospital District came before voters to ask for an annual 3.25 mil increase, which will generate roughly $4 million in revenue in the coming year and will continue to bring in funds in years to come. 65% of voters came out in support of that measure. Interim Med Center CEO Dr. Deanna Colliker recognizes the funds were critically needed by the Med Center, which is operating at a deficit of over a million dollars annually. They'll help, she says, stabilize the situation. But it's also going to allow us to, you know, focus on our staff, which 
I mean, they are the key um, to our medical center to providing that health care to all of our community. 30% of med center staff are paid below average for their positions, while also facing housing challenges and the stress of working at an understaffed facility. How are Colliker and her colleagues receiving the news? Honestly, it is it is just purely gratitude. How lucky are we? Like the Telluride School, the hospital district will put its funds to use as soon as possible. In Norwood, the school district will return to the drawing board and consider its options. The town of Rico will officially join the Telluride R1 school district. Voters were asked if Rico should be detached from the Dolores County School District and annexed into the Telluride School District. In order for the measure to go into place, it needed to pass at both school districts. Telluride School District voters passed the measure with approximately 87% of the vote. Dolores County School District voters passed the measure by just over 84% of the vote. With the passage of the measures, students in Rico will be guaranteed a spot in Telluride schools. I think it means peace of mind for families. We no longer have to apply to come to school in Telluride. We no longer have to bite our nails and hold our breath every summer, wondering whether or not we're going to get that dreaded letter. We just are in. We're part of the school community and... That's really what it's been all about the whole time. I think what is best for the kids of Rico has happened. That's Madeline Tangway, Yes for Rico School Kids Issues Committee member. Something that really struck me that our Dove Creek colleague shared last night as we were all on this text chain, like going wild with all the celebration emojis, Um, she said, Hey, 20 years ago when this was attempted, it was 86% no in Dolores County. I'm getting all choked up thinking about it. This time it was 84% yes in Dolores County. So thank you to everybody out there in Dove Creek, Cajon, Egner, everywhere. Just thank you so much for recognizing the importance of what this means for RICO. The town of Rico will officially join the Telluride R1 school district on July 1st, 2024. Meanwhile, voters also elected a new Telluride School Board of Education. David Lavender was the top vote-getter with approximately 35% of the vote. Cheryl Karstens Miller retained her spot on the school board with nearly 27% of the vote. And Ryan Robinson will retain his spot with roughly 20% of the vote. Lavender says he's humbled and grateful for the support he saw on election night as he transitions from a teacher in the district to a school board member. I guess this means that uh, at least some parents out there feel that I didn't completely screw their kids up over the years. He acknowledges the role between the two is different, but he's excited to bring his experience as a teacher onto the board. I'm hoping I can bring a teacher's perspective to the board and uh, be a conduit for, uh, particularly for teachers and students, and of course their parents, um, about concerns they have and what I might do to address them. He points to teacher retention as a key focus the board will need to take, a position shared by Robinson. Figuring out how we can uh, make our teachers feel more valued and like they're making a difference in our kids, which they are, but, you know, perception is reality. And I don't want that to be lost. And we're trying to figure out ways that we can uh, show them that they're 
really incredible valued and, you know, one of the best resources in our community. And we want them to feel that way. Um, and, you know, selfishly, uh, that will also hopefully mean that our teachers stay longer. And we want to keep our great teachers uh, here as long as possible um, and minimize the teacher turnover that we have, even though currently it's uh, below the state average. For Robinson, he also sees closing the achievement gap between Latino and non-Latino students as priority. You know, the DI program has been, I think, wonderful for that, but there's still a lot more we need to do. And we can't just kind of rely on the DI program to solve all those um, issues and kind of close those gaps. So I think those are two of the main ones. There are obviously a lot more. Lavender and Robinson, along with Karstens Miller, share their gratitude that ballot measure 4A passed, which increased property taxes to fund the school district. Karstens Miller adds she wants to focus on alternative learning tracks for students. We've been taking steps on uh, alternative education, alternative tracks, if you will, so that more kids get what they need out of school. Because not every kid is going to be totally AP and, and college bound. And so making sure that we meet the needs of all kids is not easy in a small district. And also we're seeing the dropping enrollment just like every other district in Colorado and managing the budget and still keeping all the opportunities open. That's going to be hard work. But all in all, she says she's excited to dive into work with the new board. We had good turnout, and um, I feel really confident we've got a good slate of candidates that are going to be on, reseated on the board or new on the board, and I'm excited to move forward. The Telluride School Board, with its newly elected members, will convene in its new iteration in December. Colorado voters rejected Proposition HH on Tuesday. KOTO's State House reporter Lucas Brady-Woods reports the measure would have cut property taxes across the state. Proposition HH was the most immediate plan to curb an expected spike in property taxes next year. It would have changed how taxes are calculated over the next decade to keep them from rising too quickly. The measure was backed by Governor Jared Polis and Democratic state lawmakers. Colorado Democratic Party Chair Shad Marib said his party needs to improve its messaging. It is a huge disappointment that it failed. I think we need to be able to clearly communicate our values in the future on how we want to actually save people money on health care, gas, groceries, property taxes. Critics, including most Colorado Republicans, focused on the measure's reductions to Tabor refunds. They've proposed statewide caps on property taxes as an alternative, but those initiatives won't be on the ballot until next year. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods in Denver. The other statewide ballot measure, Proposition II, passed by a wide margin. Prop II will use revenue from nicotine sales to help fund preschool programs across the state. Is your brain fried on elections? Turn your attention to a different sort of suspense. The wait for Telluride Gay Ski Week is on. SBG Productions, in its second year running the event, has announced an initial schedule for 2024, featuring longtime favorites from two nights of burlesque performances to the white party to the gay chalet and drag brunch. New offerings include a ski parade, a refreshed slate of late night parties, and expanded on mountain venues. A full lineup of the week's performers, including comedy acts, DJs, and burlesque talent, will be announced this winter.
Tickets go on sale for 2024's Gay Ski Week on Thursday, November 16th, and the festivities run from February 24th to March 2nd. Find all the info at TellurideGaySki.com. State lawmakers are moving forward on a bill to outlaw the installation of non-functional turf by state agencies, local governments, and homeowners associations. KUNC's Alex Hager explains it's a measure to save water. Non-functional turf is any kind of grass that's main function is just to look good. Think road medians or the edge of a parking lot. State Rep Karen McCormick of Longmont is one of the bill's sponsors. We really don't have the luxury of wasting water. And if you're putting water on grass that only gets stepped on by the person mowing it, that is wasteful. The policy wouldn't cut back on yards, parks, or sports fields. Agriculture uses the vast majority of all water in Colorado, but the severity of the supply-demand imbalance along the Colorado River has led to calls for conservation everywhere. The bill won't be voted on until 2024. I'm Alex Hager. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for snow showers tonight with a low around 20 degrees. Thursday brings a chance of more snow flurries with otherwise partly sunny skies and a high near 40 degrees. Thursday night should be mostly clear with a low around 20. Expect sunny skies on Friday with a high in the mid-40s, followed by a partly cloudy night with a low around 20. This has been the news for Wednesday, November 8th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.